beautiful Saturday afternoon. Today is Saturday, May the 7th, and we are so thankful to be in your presence once again. You're now listening to Rochelle Wilson here at WHGE 95.3 FM, your advocacy station, your education station, your black news information station. We're the first and the only thus to date to do it. And so we are happy to be in your presence once again. And thank you for keeping those dials tuned right in to 95.3 FM. So I'm Rochelle Wilson, make some intelligent noise. And I have a few things here that I want to share with you uh, that I believe are intelligent and worthy of your attention. First, I want to kind of backdrop, if you'll allow me to do that. I want to spin around and do a whole come up behind. Uh, the journalist that you just listened to was Timeless Thomas. And indeed, his messages are timeless in every sense of the word. I can honestly and genuinely tell you, he touched my heart today with some of the words and the message that he brought forth. And I want to tie that in uh, to a question that I have been uh, maybe pondering for the last mm, week. And that is, how long do you need to know someone before you can say you trust them? How long do you need to know someone before you can say, I trust you? Or there is a mutual trust between us. What scenarios need to take place in order for that threshold to be crossed where you and another human being or a group of human beings can honestly say, I trust you. I think what Timeless Thomas said earlier uh, is something that I've known all of my life, and yet because I am so guided by my heart on so many different levels, I, I just do things strictly from a place of my heart because it's the right thing to do. But Timeless Thomas' message today told us warned us, advised us, encouraged us, and motivated us to know who you are dealing with. Know the people that you can trust with whatever. Know the difference between who you can trust with your, uh, to borrow a shirt or a blouse from you uh, versus someone that you could give your bank account numbers to. You should know the difference. In not knowing the difference between those two people, you can set yourself up for failure. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to make an admission as if I were in the uh, confession booth at the Catholic Church. Once again, my heart guided me to do what I thought was right, to assist a nonprofit organization in beginning, starting, and initiating a re-entry program for our community of returning citizens. It is a need that is so desperate and so real that the first opportunity that came my way to do that, I was ecstatic. And I thought with my heart 
and not my intelligence. And so I went into this nonprofit organization, began the work of reentry for our returning citizens community, and it went awry when I refused to give them my intellectual proprietary uh, property. You know, who I talk to, the relationships that I have with people, how is it possible that I was moving this program so quickly? It got to the point where I was told, we're not ready for you. You are, you are a powerhouse and we're not ready for you. I must say, it really, it really hurt my feelings. Um, I was greatly disappointed. Uh, I have stepped away from that. And I believe that the lesson is in something that Timeless Thomas said. You have to know your audience. You have to know who can you trust with what information or product with your heart and who you should not. I walked into this agency, this organization and trusted them with my intellectual property. Long story very short, ladies and gentlemen, it seems that this is the second, third time that I have worked with an organization in an attempt to save lives in our returning citizens community. And once again, I have been, what I consider, I've been thrown away. But the fact of the matter is, if I take what Timeless Thomas said and take it to heart and to mind, I'll realize that I am on my journey. My journey as a leader, and a leader I am, leaders come in many different forms, but typically a leader is someone that the people will follow. And uh, rather than spend a lot of time getting into what makes a leader and how do you know, how do you identify what a leader is, I'll just stay there. A leader is someone that other people will follow and they'll follow them because they believe in the same thing, they are against the same thing, or because they trust your judgment. So, third program, third organization that I have initiated a program, did my best and gave my heart and my wisdom and my knowledge in order to build and create. And I do not feel, at first I felt as if I had been tossed away into the garbage. But I do not feel that now because I realize in my quiet reflections, in my, as grandmama say, my prayer closet, I have come to the place to realize that I am exactly where I am supposed to be. The information, the wisdom, the heart, the knowledge that I shared in order to break ground and begin the re-entry program for this nonprofit organization is okay. That is exactly what I was supposed to do. That is exactly what the divine spirit creator needed me to do at that time. So I am on purpose. I am on purpose in my journey.
But it leads one to ask. So often, you know, a person like me, and perhaps you're the same way, you are guided altruistically through your heart. You believe in doing the right thing at the right time for the people that need it the most. I, no one forced me to start a make some intelligent noise justice movement. That was my choice. And when I made that choice, I opened myself up for the journey and the lessons and experiences that would make me stronger and wiser and better. And sometimes those lessons come at a costly price, the price of heartache or heartbreak. But it's a lesson that is needed and mandatory in order to step up the ladder to the next prong. So if there's anyone else out there who is, perhaps this is something that you have dealt with in your lifetime, where you gave and you trusted and you believed and you put your all into something to make it great and better and worthy, and you feel as if the people involved took what was rightfully yours and your love and tossed it away when they were finished with you. Perhaps this is something that you too have experienced. I'm here to tell you, sometimes God will put us in a place to do his work, his, her work, to make someone else's life a little bit better. And isn't that the re-presentation of God itself? So don't feel bad. Don't feel hurt, tossed away, thrown away as if you were used and discarded like trash. When you help other people to build and to grow so that they can be better, and perhaps make the world that we live in, the community that we live in, just a little bit better, you are doing a good thing. You are on purpose. You are on journey, and on purpose in your journey. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. And so, there are people that we trust because they have done something. They have done something or said something or performed an action that made us feel that they were trustworthy, worthy of our trust and uh, our building together. And so we trust them. There are others that we might want to be mindful and cautiously optimistic. And I believe that the message that Timeless Thomas gave us today, I believe it touched my heart in such a way that he opened my mind and my spirit that I would see it from that perspective. So I will not be bitter that I gave so much. In time, you will reap the rewards of all of your actions. All of us must do that. 
Whatever your actions are, I call it karma. You may call it something else, but for the sake of words, I call it karma. We will reap what we sow in our daily lives, our thoughts, our deeds, our words, and our actions. I am a strong woman because life, my journey, has caused me to be strong. I must be strong in order to protect my sensitive and gentle heart. But there are folks in the world who consider a strong woman as a female dog, um, as being overpowering, perhaps disrespectful. Men get to do it all the time. It's okay if a man has a presence of strength and respect, if he walks in a room and commands attention without ever opening his mouth, it's okay. But when a woman, her strength, her power, her divine power from God walks into a room and commands attention, refuses to take any wood nickels of disrespect and stands up for herself, has a voice and refuses to sit in a corner as if she does not have a voice, we are often labeled with very ugly names. Now there are some people who love that and they think that strength in a woman is admirable. I personally think that it is. But there are some people, there are people in this world who will see your strength as a challenge, perhaps uh, as an insult to their personal ego. Whatever it is, I say to my boss and babes, you are strong women. If it were not for you, there would be no us. I apologize. I did not turn off my cellular device. But if it were not for women, there would be nothing. You would not exist if it were not for a woman. And so it's all right for women to be strong, to be empowered, and to share that power, to stand up and express your voice. I am Rochelle Wilson. Make some intelligent noise. There are two things you can always count on here with make some intelligent noise. I will always be honest, transparent, and truthful. And I will always be my best, most intelligent self as I most possibly, humanly possibly can. Those are two things that you can, de you can depend on with me. I will speak up and I'll speak up for you and your voice. If you are one of the voiceless or you have a voice, but that you are not being heard, feel free, connect with me. Let me know what are the issues that you're dealing with. How can I be a voice for you? Phone lines, according to our operations director, uh, TT says that the phone lines are open and operating. We tried this last week, uh, and I do not know 
uh, if it's a good idea to try it again today, but I'm certainly going to give you an opportunity to call in and tell me what you are thinking. Please reach out to 844-944-3953, 844-944-3953, right here, and reach out. Let me know what you're thinking. What are your thoughts on a strong woman? Is a strong woman a threat? to other people, or is it just someone's ego that gets involved when you when they see your strength and you refuse to sit down and be a quiet little mouse in the corner? Tell me what are your thoughts. I'd like to hear it. In the interim, as we hopefully uh, will get a call, at least someone will try the phone lines uh, to get through. I, I definitely want them working. I, I need them working. And I do ask that each and every one of you join me here Wednesdays, starting in June, June 1st, Wednesdays from three until four, where I will be interviewing our elected officials uh, for the political power hour. I look forward to seeing you uh, on my Facebook audience and certainly uh, here at WHGE, which is where I will be interviewing them. And of course, my podcast. Thank you for those of you that are joining the movement. You are supporting me and joining, clicking on and subscribing to my podcast to, of course, that's Anchor, Spotify, um, and several others, iHeart, Google. It, it just spreads out like tentacles, like roots on a tree. Uh, so my podcast is all over the world. And I do appreciate you chiming in and being a subscriber. Uh, thank you so much for joining the movement. When you subscribe to my podcast and YouTube channel, you are joining the movement. You are becoming one voice of many. And I thank you so much for that. And I wanted to share with you, uh, I want to make sure that everyone is aware of WHGE and the Eastside Pride Recovery. Uh, the two have joined in a collaboration to bring you Eastside Pride Recovery meetings. If you or you know someone who is dealing with addictions, whatever the addiction may be, Whatever the addiction may be, and there are as many addictions as there are people, please, if you're in the Wilmington, Delaware area, I am respectfully asking you, come and see one of these meetings. Join in. Walk around. Talk to some people. See how you feel. How does it make you feel? The ambiance, the energy in that building and we're doing that here at ninth and pine at central baptist church every tuesday at 6 30 p.m come on out don't be afraid think positive you can do this and you don't have to do it alone there are resources to help you we will help you so we give a shout out to WHGE as well as Eastside Pride uh, for bringing these recovery meetings right here to the Eastside Pride community. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you there every Tuesday at 6 
8.30 p.m. Again, that's Central Baptist Church, 9th and Pine Street here in Wilmington, Delaware. Also want to bring to your attention, uh, as Brother John Muhammad had mentioned uh, the last time he was a guest here on my show, uh, he was actually my co-host, and uh, we wanted to remind you that the Day of Remembrance is May 11th, at 6 o'clock p.m., May 11th, 6 o'clock p.m., at the Glasgow Park uh, Bank Barn, Route 896 and US 40 in Bear, Delaware. They are going to honor your loved ones. If you have had a loved one who has made the transition as a direct result of the flu, uh, uh, COVID-19 flu, then please come out, show love and support for the Day of Remembrance. And that will be May 11th at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Glasgow Park Bank Barn, Route 896 and US 40, Bear, Delaware. Come on out and show some love for a Day of Remembrance. And if you yourself uh, would like more information or education on the COVID-19 uh, flu virus, Please feel free to reach out to any of your local community centers, your hospitals, uh, your pharmacies. All of these places can have a one-on-one -on -one dialogue with you about the COVID-19 flu virus. And there you will also be able to make a decision if the virus, uh, I'm sorry, if the vaccine is for you. So we encourage you to talk with all of these people uh, Again, that's your, your local churches, your community centers, uh, the pharmacy. You can always call the hospitals. You can call your personal doctor. Find out the information that you need to know to make an informed and intelligent decision uh, for your body in regards to the COVID-19 virus. And uh, also, I wanted to share with you something that I... In my travels, which I'm always out and about, doing something somewhere. I've got my hand in all kinds of cookie jars. Um, I've got to tell you, I passed by a flyer that was actually just kind of hanging up. And the reason that I it caught my attention was because of the name that is uh, attached to this flyer. The name is Edwina Bell. Edwina Bell. She and I go back a hundred thousand years, <laughs> telling our age, we go back to the days of our first beginnings uh, in journalism when we worked at Channel 28 TV. At that time, it was primarily operated by Dr. Benjamin Twinbee Brown. Dr. Benjamin Twinbee Brown, and uh, he educated us on so many of the little intricate details about journalism and presenting yourself on television, okay? It's not as easy as just getting up in a chair and, and you just go. There are rules to this game and there's work involved. And so when I saw the name Edwina Bell, and this new program uh, that I believe she's involved in, I had to bring it to your attention. Uh, so I'm going to read to you from the flyer to the best of my ability. It says, make sure your son stays on track, on track. And it's called Project Manhood. 
Project Manhood, Edwina Bell. And uh, the flyer says that mentors are needed, strong men and women who can mentor our youth are certainly uh, asked to, to come step forward. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. And so it's Thursday evenings from 4.30 until 7.30. And um, it says here, if you are interested uh, or you want to know more information about it, you can either call or you can text Edwina Bell at 690-6679. Of course, that's a 302 area code, 302-690-6679. Edwina Bell. To find out more information about Project Manhood, make sure your son stays on track. It's a step-by-step -step program that teaches men, uh, teaches boys how to become productive and progressive men. And we certainly appreciate that in today's world with our beautiful young children. We need as many of us as possible to help them to stay on track. We don't want them to get any more off track than they have already gotten. And I want to say, you know, a lot of us think that our young people are just wayward kids, just running amok. And I want you to know uh, that our children have their fair share of, of challenges, but so does every other nationality of children in this world, in America. We all have our own challenges. Uh, unfortunately, mainstream media will make it appear they will broadcast on the news and any other way that they can reach you. They will try to make us think that our children, black, brown, and golden children, are just wayward kids doing the worst of the worst. And everything is falling apart because of black, brown, and golden children. And I'm here to tell you that is a lie. We have black, brown, and golden children doing amazing things, beautiful things. They are up with today's technology in ways that you and I couldn't possibly fathom. They can do things on their cellular devices that you and I could only dream about in our sleep. But they are creating new, uh, it's their generation. And we, as the adults, the elders, or to teach them and impart our wisdom upon them so that someday they will come and take over this world, this nation, and prayerfully they'll do it better than we did it. But it takes our guidance, our love, and our wisdom to impart upon them so that they can do it right. For those that are running around and, and running amok, you know, there's hope for them too. I can't tell you how many of my friends and myself, I can really only speak for me because I refuse to put someone else's name uh, out on Front Street. So I will say I, I was a hooligan committing shenanigans in my youth. Oh my God, what a woman, a young lady I was. Coming out of the streets of Philadelphia, my mother brought me here to the state of Delaware, thinking that it was going to calm me down, uh, ease some of the stress, and that I would turn out to become a better version of myself. 
She did that. I was 16 years old when I came here to the state of Delaware. Uh, but and that did not slow me down as a hooligan and a, in my shenanigans. It was only after age and wisdom and experiences of the journey, you know, learning those painful and heartbroken lessons, heartbreaking lessons that changed me so that I am no longer a hooligan, but I am now someone that you can engage in an intelligent conversation. And not that I've ever been stupid, but there was a time when you couldn't talk to me. Now I'm flexible and I am willing to open and embrace whatever conversation you bring to the table, as long as it is respectful and intelligent. Don't come at me with some nonsense or foolishness. I will, I will cut you off. I have no, I cannot associate with that. I cannot put that in my presence. But you bring me an intelligent topic and we can talk about it. And again, let me say that number. If you want to talk to me right here and be on the air at WHGE 95.3 FM. Your advocacy, education, information station, your station for your voice. Right here, 844-944-95, I'm sorry, 3953, 3953. I've got a lot of numbers going on in my head. I always have a lot of numbers taking place in my head. So, uh, you know, it's just important for you to lift your voice and for you to know that here at WHGE with Rochelle Wilson, this is a safe space for you to talk, for you to lift your voice. And you do not have to identify your name. Simply state your comment, your thoughts. Let us know what they are. We want you to chime in. We want to hear from you. This is your voice. At WHGE, we are here for you, the people. So just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. We're here for you. But there was something else um, that I wanted to uh, share with you that I thought was uh, uh, rather important. And that is something, uh, actually, I was watching something on the television. I don't, I don't watch a lot of TV. And when I do watch a lot of television, it's usually something that has to do with courts or the justice system uh, or something of that nature. I like Vinnie Politan uh, uh, from Court TV, so I watch a lot of that. How many of you are keeping up with uh, <laughs> Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and that whole, it's a whole shenanigan, that trial. The defamation uh, trial, but you know, that he hit her and she defamed him and he can't get work as a result of her defamation defaming him uh, because he hit her and etc. domestic violence and all of that. I, I don't know. I To me, that's not the most interesting court TV that I've ever watched. I, I giggle at some of it, uh, at the expressions uh, that they're committing, you know, the, the things that they're saying. I just find some of it slightly humorous. But there are now and then times, oftentimes, when uh, Vinnie Politan or court TV will talk about the real issues the real issues. And so uh, that's something that I did, I wanted to bring to your attention. You know, police officers, 
Police officers, one in three police officers, according to the statistics uh, that I did Google uh, on my cellular device, I just did a quick Google, one in three police officers are stressed out traumatically. They are traumatized for various different reasons. They are stressed having bad day, maybe at home things are not perfect with them at home, and maybe there's some, you know, some disputes going on in the household. Then they put on these blue uniforms or black uniforms, whatever color they are, all over America, I believe the color varies, but the, the, the title is Brothers in Blue. So we're going to use the color blue. So these officers, these law enforcement agents, and many of them don't even know the true laws. They know their jobs, but they don't know the law, and there's a difference. But that's another sidebar conversation. They get up. They're stressed out to the tilt. They put on these blue uniforms, and then they come into the streets, the neighborhoods, and the communities, and they begin to do their job. They drive around. They're looking for any suspicious activities. Um, you know, they're pulling over on the side of the street and, and, and focusing in and things of that nature. And, and that's great. We need them to do that. And, uh, but so often when you are stressed and traumatized for whatever it is that has traumatized you in life, it doesn't always matter what the trauma was. People can be traumatized for various different reasons. But I, I noticed that oftentimes that trauma has a way of spilling over the top. And perhaps, I, I don't have all the answers, ladies and gentlemen. I'm intelligent, I'm smart, I'm resourceful, and I do my research. But I still don't have all of the answers. I'm not a know-it-all. So I can't tell you why do police officers have a tendency, uh, some have a tendency to shoot people and kill them on sight? I don't know why. I don't know why they can show up in a courtroom and for some reason the judge will look at a police officer's testimony as if it were written in the Bible as the holy gospel truth. Because police officers would never tell a lie, right? I don't know why they have this, this authority. They're, they're a whole team at this point. Uh, you know, Tupac Shakur, and, and maybe for some of you or my elders, uh, you may have never heard of that name before, and that's fine. Tupac Shakur, in my opinion, was a prophet. Uh, but many people knew him as a rap artist. And one of the things that he said in his rap singing, one of the things that he said is that they are a gang. The boys in blue are a gang, a brotherhood of their own. Now we've got gangs all across America. Very heavily in Florida, I must say. I've, I've talked to some folks and gangs are real heavy in Florida. You've got all types of different gangs and colors and signs in Florida, especially Miami.
but gangs are all over the world. I never forget, I heard an elected official say to me once, uh, the pharmaceutical companies, they are the biggest drug dealers in the world. But it's legal. It's legal. The brothers posted up on the corners, doing their thing, will go to jail. If the police, the brothers in blue, catch them, they're going straight to jail. But the pharmaceutical companies, of course, making billions and trillions of dollars on your sickness, on your illness, or you're thinking that you're sick or that you're ill. The biggest drug dealers in the world are the pharmaceutical companies. The biggest gang in the world are the police or law enforcement agencies in the world. Because it doesn't matter if you're from Germany or London, England, or Madrid, Spain, or right here in the United States of America. If you wear that badge and that badge of honor in blue, black, green, whatever color you're wearing, you are a part of the gang. The brothers in blue, the brothers, the, the movement, the boys in blue, right? Biggest gang in the entire world. And one out of three are stressed to the point they have been traumatized and they're on our streets doing whatever it is that they do. They're on our streets and they're traumatized. But I'll tell you something, <clears throat> pardon me. I'll tell you something that really makes sense to me in engaging with a police officer that uh, comes to sit on my block, I have uh, two houses on my in my neighborhood that are Wilmington Housing Authority neighbors. And uh, <clears throat> there's quite a bit of action at these two particular houses. Uh, we've got a host of young people, it must be anywhere from, from five to 15 of them. They gather, they congregate, and they do young teenager people things. And so now the police come in my neighborhood and they go directly to those two houses because most of the shenanigans going on in my particular neighborhood, you know, we can look to these two houses that they know something about it. They may not have done anything, but they know about it. They know who did. And so now we have a police officer that sits right on the corner uh, of my block in my neighborhood. And he sits there, or they sit there because it's different ones. Uh, but this particular one has been sitting there much more often. And I decided one day that I would just engage this police officer in a normal, regular conversation as if it was just, just somebody I'd met at the grocery market. And as I begin to engage this police officer, you know, of course he was cautious. You always are cautious and careful of what you say. But I went right in because I am a voice. I, I am. I, I don't know why God gave me a voice, but I have a voice and I exercise it. I'm a strong woman and I exercise my right to speak. And so I shared with him my business card. Make some intelligent noise. Told him if you're ever free on a Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock p.m., chime in. 
hear what I have to say. I do talk about you, police officers. He smiled, took the card, and said, perhaps, yes, I'll see what I can do. If I'm not working, I'll chime in. So to that police officer, and I will not say his name, but I do pray that he is listening, I got to tell you, peace and grace. Peace and grace to you, officer, that sits on my block on the corner of 24th and Madison pretty much every day. I enjoyed our conversation. It was lovely and it was engaging because as we had this normal, regular human being to human being conversation, he let down his guard just enough that I saw his humanity. I saw his humanity. And you know what? Take him out of the blue uniform and he's a human being. Put him in the blue uniform and something changes. Now, I'm not going to go too far down this road. I, I think I've gone far enough. And so I'll just leave it there. But I'll say this much. Something about that blue uniform and that tin, that tin badge that sits right on their chest. And then, of course, the ego loves it when you have a firearm sitting right on your, you know, on your hip. That doesn't hurt to boost the ego, right? But you take all of that away and they're just people. Police officers, cops, 5-0, boys in blue, the biggest gang in the world, they're just human beings. One out of three have been traumatized because of the stress. 10, 15, 20, 30 years of seeing, watching, and listening to some of the most horrific scenes and stories unimaginable to most of us. Me personally, I can honestly say I have never seen a dead body outside of the funeral home, at Congo's funeral home. I've never seen a dead body. Can you imagine 15, 10, 15, 20 years of seeing consistently dead people are shot or maimed, uh, mutilated, cut, uh, raped, uh, beat, thrown in woods, in the water, and just awful. And they go through this and they see this 10, 15, 20 years on the force. And then they come out every day and they're back at it again. They say on the side of their vehicles, they are here to protect and to serve. But when the police officer that is so stressed, so traumatized, by his own life events that he would pull his holster, pull his gun, his sidearm, his firepiece and fire it into the back of the head or put his knee into someone's neck and kill them. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a problem. They need help. 
whether we want to like them or not like them, they're human beings and they need help. They need counseling. They need assistance because just like us, they're human beings and they've been through whatever they've been through that has traumatized them. And then they get up every day, put on those uniforms, and they come outside into our neighborhoods, our communities, and they do what they do. Their nerves might be at the tip edge. They're on the edge because they've been traumatized. They're on the edge and all it's gonna take is one wrong move from you or I and it could be the last move that we make. Does that make it right? No. But the whole point of this message, what I am hoping to convey to you today, two things. Be very clear, ladies and gentlemen. I am disgusted with police officers, law enforcement agents, that put their knee in our necks, that shoot us in the back of the head when we're laying on the ground and we could easily be handcuffed. I am disgusted with officers, police enforcement agents who do that. But now doing the research, understanding recognizing that they too are trauma-informed, much like our returning citizens coming home from the hell of the prison uh, industrial complexes. Now that I understand that they too have been trauma-informed, perhaps, perhaps the next time I engage a police officer, even if he's pulling me over, God forbid, knock on wood, that I get pulled over. I do like to put the metal to the pedal, I must admit. Get on out of my way, move to the side, because I'm coming through and get on out of my way. <laughs> but should I be engaged by a police officer moving forward, I will do my best to understand and recognize intellectually that he's been trauma-informed. He or she may have been trauma-informed. And God only knows the new ones coming on, the rookies, they're just now getting the, the milk from behind their ears. They're just getting their feet wet out here in these streets every day. And trust me, you and I know, ladies and gentlemen, the streets are grimy. So there's a lot of grimy stuff out there for police officers to engage in every day. So I have made a conscious decision to do my best to have a little bit more compassion, a little bit more empathy for their position and their plight. I strongly encourage you to do the same, if for no other reason than to save your very own life. Because you don't know if you're the stop that pushes that police officer over the edge. 
and it would be the last move that you would ever make. So yes, have compassion because it's the right thing to do. Have empathy because they're human and so are you. But also be polite and respectful because it could help you. It could make the difference between whether you go home or your family comes to your funeral. And I think that's important that I want to drive home to you to save your life. Be respectful. Be cooperative. The next time you engage a police officer. There's no guarantee that you being polite and respectful and cooperative is going to change that officer's behavior or actions. But there's no guarantee that it won't. What did grandmama used to tell us? You catch more flies, more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. I believe that rings true even today. So ladies and gentlemen, as I close and we begin to move forward, in this last moment of, of this broadcast, because I love you, because I care about your well-being, I'm encouraging you to be respectful and cooperative should you find yourself engaged with a police law enforcement agent. It could make the difference between going home or going six feet under. And that was the entire point of the whole message that one in three in America, one in three are so stressed out. They're on the border of trauma informed. You've been listening to Rochelle Wilson, make some intelligent noise, the justice movement where I give you a voice through me. I advocate for fair and equitable justice for all people, not just some people, but all of us, equal justice under the law. It's your constitutional right. It's your inalienable and unalienable right. And so therefore, I advocate that for you and for our posterity. Peace and grace until we meet right here next Saturday at 1 o'clock p.m. I pray you well. I say enjoy the rest of the weekend. I know tomorrow is Mother's Day. Every day is Mother's Day. And so we can't just dishonor the mom by giving her one day out of the year. Let us celebrate mothers every day of the year. So happy Mother's Day for the rest of the year and the rest of this weekend. Until we meet again, ladies and gentlemen, I love you. Take care of yourselves. Be good to yourself. But be good to others because the karma is real. Peace and grace.